0: This podcast is presented by Pacific Office Automation, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at PacificOffice.com. Into the end zone for the touchdown. Hollywood Brown has been spectacular. Connor to the five and into the end zone for the touchdown. Welcome to Cardinals Underground, presented by Pacific Office Automation. Visit PacificOffice.com. Problem solved. Touchdown, Tyler Murray. That defender is in multiple pieces. Oh, that was nasty right there, right? The latest news and notes from the insiders who cover the team. Bring it on, bring it on. Touchdown, Sabin Collins. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield.
1: I ain't scared of nobody. Here's Paul Calvisi.
0: All right, at the NFL Combine, the sport is football, mostly. There's also the beloved American sport of people-watching, right? I mean, you've got the future NFL stars, you got the rock star head coaches, you have high-profile GMs, the mega media members. In fact, hey, look, out in Indy, it's Darren Urban and Danny Sarek here on Cardinals Underground brought to you by Pacific Office Automation. How's it going in Indianapolis?
1: It's funny. It's funny you bring that up, Paul, because our own Kevin Wang actually was just saying that earlier about how starstruck he was of all the people he's seeing around here. All right,
0: name some and names. Drop some names. Come on, well, name drop. Well, he actually
1: he actually said Danny Serac. Oh, I didn't believe oh, come him then. Hello. Yeah. Uh, Mike McDaniel, I think was a was a good one for him.
0: Hmm. Okay. Yes. What about Jim Harbaugh? Have you seen Jim Harbaugh yet? I mean, uh, you know, there's the Andy Reeds, obviously. You oh, know, we the saw Stalwarts. Andy Reed yeah. I saw Andy Reid. earlier. Of course yeah.
1: there is. Yeah, okay. He won a Super Bowl, Paul. I didn't know if you knew that. <laughs> That's right. He's That's right. football, Darren. Yeah. Wow. All right, so look.
2: And Craig Grealu is out here this year too.
1: Come yeah, on, that's Paul. right. Are you guys Craig's keeping here.
0: tabs on Craig Grealu? You sure? You sure everything's good with? We're doing with, with our best. Greene? Okay, I mean, hey, he
1: picked up the tab at the bar last night. So. Really? Props to Craig.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, when you're primarily responsible for most of the tab, then really it's it's your duty. So. <laughs> That's good. By Craig Grialu. All right. Poor
2: Craig cannot have, he doesn't have a headset on, but yeah. he's sitting at the table with us, Paul, so he can yeah. see Darren and myself laughing at something regarding him, but he's going to have yeah. to wait to tune in to hear what you're saying. The
0: best Grialu is a Grialu who can't defend himself. So that's really good. That's right. also true. Speaking of name dropping, uh, hot yes. off the podium would be Jonathan Gannon, preceded by Monty Ford. So here we go in three, two, one. You tell us from Indy, you are both there in the front row takeaways uh what moved the meter
2: let's start with general manager money Austin for it he talked first tuesday afternoon um had a lot of pretty interesting things to say right off the bat though darren is talking about the good position the cardinals are in knowing what they have in their franchise quarterback kyler murray and while that wasn't necessarily a question last year murray was rehabbing through his acl injury so it was really Based off a lot of film, the Cardinals got a good chance of what he can do out on the field, played in eight games this year. Awesome Fort talked about how well Kyler played with his arm, his legs, and the confidence that gave everybody in the organization knowing what you have in your quarterback, and that the offense really didn't hit its stride until Murray made his return.
1: I just want to, before I get too deep into the Monty comments, Danny, I do want to go it's been quite the 24 hours. I'm not sure where this all got off the rails. There was a, a simple tweet from the Arizona Cardinals account about Kyler Murray being the franchise quarterback. Yeah, it was and three somebody, It was
0: three words, by the way. Our franchise f- QB, and it turned into f- a, like a national inkblot yes. test.
1: And, and I'm not sure why. Uh, we, we've we had this plan uh, for a while to have a hand. Buda Baker had a week back in uh, Pro Bowl week. And Kyler's doing a week this week like in terms week of, of a week of content on on yeah on social media and stuff. Uh, there'll be one on Trey McBride. There'll be one on uh, James Conner. There'll be a couple other ones. That's all this was. And it kind of cracks me up that it, it dominated the airwaves for when it dominated the airwaves. But that being said, um, Danny, I, I do think they are. Look, you are in a better position when you have some certainty at quarterback. And He's healthy. And you saw what you saw at the end of the year from him. And we've talked about this on the podcast a bunch of times just since the season ended. Um, and it does give them, in the context of the combine, what it really does is it gives them flexibility. Now, Monty was clear. We still evaluate everybody, including all the quarterbacks, which every team does. Uh, no matter if you're set at a position or not, you're going to evaluate all the players. Um but it does give them a flexibility depending on what happens to those picks one through three about potentially trading, about potentially somebody wanting to come up to trade that you wouldn't necessarily have if you were desperate to have a quarterback. So I, I do think they're in a, in a good place right now. It's funny that you bring up the quarterback thing because I asked Monty about needing a veteran backup quarterback, uh-huh. and he didn't he didn't punt the question, um, but he, he kind of talked a lot about the strides that Clayton Toon has made. He talked about uh, how he needs to make a jump just like all the rookies, Um, Clayton Toon, that is. And while there is some benefits to having a veteran backup quarterback, the big thing is they want to have the best quarterback backing up Kyler Murray. Now, that still could be Clayton Toon. And so we'll we'll see where that goes, but that I felt like those kind of went hand in hand.
0: You mean your question, Darren, didn't revolve around Bo Nix going to the Cardinals at number twenty-seven <laughs> according to the <laughs> CBS Sports mock draft that, that's out this week? You didn't follow up with a Bo Nix question.
1: I, I have to say I didn't, and it's funny because one of the questions in the mailbag this week, Paul, was. A upset person. That's how could all those mock picks be made, and not one of them was Joe Alt, the offensive tackle from Notre Dame. It's true.
0: It's a good point. It's a good point. Well, look, um, I'll just say this about about Bo Nix, and I'll hit zoom out on all these rookie quarterbacks there in Indianapolis at the combine because you're either throwing or you're not throwing. So the three not throwing: Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels. But the three who are throwing is Bo Nix, Michael Penix, J.J. McCarthy. Who, by the way, is our QB rising? JJ McCarthy. He's now into the top ten. Just to let you guys know, uh, I mean, in fact, our new hashtag around here is "Let there be a fourth QB." Okay, four. That's what you need. Is the is that fourth what you worked QB. on while
1: while we were traveling yesterday, Paul? Is that where you were working on the, the new hashtag? hashtag? The,
0: the folks in uh, R and D at Calvisi Consulting. That's what they came came up with. Let there be a fourth QB, and you know what? It's tough now. JJ McCarthy is making a run, but Bo Nix. Bo Nix. I mean. Do you see some of the analytics on the – do you know that PFF, Pro Football Focus, has a stat called Adjusted Completion Percentage? Now, I'm not going to get into all this, and I'm on camera here telling everyone, vowing no math. All right, I still live by that hashtag as well. But his Adjusted Completion Percentages, where they eliminate things like drops and throwaways, kneel downs, spikes, all that kind of stuff, uh, apparently were the best in a decade. Bo Nix. He's highly competitive. He didn't bag out of the bowl, which was (laughs) inconsequential. He showed up for the senior bowl. He balled out. He's going to throw at the combine. I'm just saying, you know, there's a a couple of candidates here who could be QB rising all the way up, dare I say, into the top five, maybe just maybe by the time we're done with this whole thing because nobody has thrown on air yet. And as history shows, someone's going to throw on air and go get some air in their sails, basically.
2: Not because the Cardinals need a, quarter, a starting quarterback, but it would be great for these quarterbacks to have a great outing at the Combine and at their pro days because that just gives the Cardinals that much more leverage with the fourth overall pick to stay and make a decision there or trade down, which Austin Fort made clear. They proved that last year. The Cardinals yeah. are content wherever they are in staying put, trading down, or trading up. I, I
1: did I did find that that did catch my ear. For as close to the vest as Monty Austin Fort keeps himself which is incredibly close to the vest Um, somebody asked about if he had received any calls yet and as Danny had mentioned there hadn't been any calls however he used that as a jumping-off point to make the point that oh we're gonna make plenty calls ourselves and I don't think there's any question about that and I am of the opinion that this could go any direction and it's it could go any direction even if they're on the clock you know, I don't. I don't think it's any lock to say, okay, a certain wide receiver from Ohio State is on the board. You're definitely taking him, and if he's not, you're trading or whatever. I think, I, I personally think, Danny, that no matter who is on the board at four, I think they will explore trade options, even if they're planning on making the pick. They'll they'll do one more search to see if that works
2: absolutely and from what nfl draft analysts are saying it's in large part because of how deep the wide receivers and the offensive tackles classes are this year two big areas of need for the cardinals it almost kind of feels like a win-win yes absolutely you can find a immediate playmaker starter with the fourth overall pick The Cardinals could also trade down a couple of spots. I'm not so sure that I'm as comfortable trading down maybe all the way to 13, like somebody on this podcast might be. Uh, But the Cardinals would have options (laughs) if they decide to trade down a little bit, get some extra capital, and then make a decision there, especially because they still have the 27th overall pick. And again, with how deep some of these position classes are in this year's draft, the Cardinals are poised to have another successful draft.
0: Look, you're so deep at tackle, you're so deep at receiver in this draft that Danny, you can, you have the ability to go down middle of the first round, dare I say, late first round, number twenty-seven, and snag either one. And even if you don't get a receiver named Marvin Harrison Jr., Malik Neighbors, or Roma Dunze, the Absolutely. other the other receiver rising right now, uh, and, and get ready for this guy to wow everyone. There is the Ducks' number one guy, Bo Nix, number one guy. Troy Franklin, 6'3", 187, a long strider, 16 yards a catch, right? Go get it, acceleration. Here's all the terms I'm throwing out there from the scouting report. It's so deep that a guy like that can come out of nowhere. And maybe, oh, maybe, I don't know, maybe he's picked number 35 for the Cardinals overall after they get a corner and a tackle in round one.
2: Look, truly, Paul, as crazy as or, you know, cliche as it might sound, anything is really possible. And the good news is those positions you were just talking about, wide receiver, Tackle, cornerback, top areas of need for the Cardinals. It doesn't seem like they're going to be in a situation where it's going to be a hard line to toe of best player available in position of need. Because you can argue, Darren, that almost every position is a position of need.
1: And and that's what I keep coming back to whenever we talk about the draft. Is like, there there isn't a spot where you're thinking, this team is so close and it'd be really nice if they had this position it's because you're thinking oh, they could improve that. Oh yeah, they could improve that. And that's not to knock what they have on the roster. It's just the nature of the of the beast, but I think where they are, I 100% agree with you. Like I feel like they don't have to paint themselves in a corner. They don't need a quarterback and they need all these other things. So that's you can't get in a better place so, if Darren, you're actually going into draft. Listen to yourself.
0: Let's translate what you just said. The Cardinals
1: are going to trade out a number
0: four. You're saying it without realizing you're saying it. There are so many needs. It's so deep that at number fours, and Monty's making calls himself, being proactive just to make sure there's nothing out there, the deal he can't refuse. You know, even though he did say on uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., I have the quote right here, we've done a lot of work on Marvin. Oh, (laughs) anybody follow up on that one? I mean, uh, how significant was that? We've done a lot of work on Marvin. You, by the yeah. way, uh, basically will not be a. Pro- is he going to interview? I mean, is that the only thing he's going to do? The medical and the interviews. Is he going to do that at the combine?
2: Are you doing a little clickbait, Paul? Is that what <laughs> you're doing over there?
0: You got to play to the audience. Come on, you.
2: Come, you you, you got to play. It's the like the Top
0: Cardinals. Forty Radio. You got to play the hits, Danny. Okay. You, you, That's you know, the, know so many that people the Cardinals week, and Paul. every
2: other team are doing deep evaluations on players that are being graded to be drafted as high as Marvin Harrison Jr. and it's a position of need, of course the Cardinals are going to do their due diligence. Neither Jonathan Gannon nor Monty Osenfort talked about specific player evaluations, although both of those uh, were asked about Harrison specifically, uh, but Look, you you can look at what the analysts are saying, and and they are saying that he is a generational talent. If the Cardinals take him at four, there's a lot of comparisons as when the Cardinals drafted Larry Fitzgerald. Oh, so long ago, not that long. I know you were here way before that, Darren. Uh, but but I I I would not expect either Gannon or Austin Fort to come out and specifically talk about Marvin Harrison Jr. I don't want to expect any head coach or GM to talk about it. Of course, they are doing their due diligence and doing deep dives. Harrison is out here, Paul. He's not participating in any of the drills, but he is going through the interview process, so he will be meeting with teams. I'm not sure about specific medicals he's participating in, though, or if he's not. No,
1: and and again, I, I, I think ultimately, Paul, um, you, you know, it's funny. At one point, somebody asked Gannon right at the very end, can you give us your top three guys you wouldn't mind getting? <laughs> Which It's a good try. That, that, you can that's, always ask. I don't know if that's a really good try. Although, his after his answer, he's like, Jonathan Gannon was like, got him. <laughs> um, yeah, that was just really strange uh, Strange question just because you're not going to get that answer. I, I think they've done a lot of work on Marvin Harrison, but my guess is, especially with the way Monty Ford operates, they've done a lot of work on a lot of guys. Um, that's just what they do. Um, and I think you could probably say the same thing. But... But again, it goes back to what you were talking about before. Do they, because they need this stuff, do they punt on a certain player to make sure they get a couple other players rather than go ahead and, and spend that high pick, which, of course, is what they did last year?
0: Well, what's interesting is I have a hard time arguing with Daniel Jeremiah. He met the media, did a big conference call, and he had a couple big, you know, big picture takeaways. He said, number one, it definitely feels like quarterback is going one, two, three in this draft. Even if Washington or New England doesn't go quarterback, someone will trade in and take quarterback at one, two, and three. But he also says you could easily argue that the three best players, regardless of positional value, would be the three receivers. The highest graded just playmakers, period, would be the three receivers. So that's how loaded it is. In that regard. And then Danny, I caught the little snarky reference earlier about the Cardinals maybe trading down to number 13, which I've thrown out there multiple (laughs) times with the Raiders. Daniel Jeremiah, may I cite, was actually asked about what it would take for the Raiders to go up to number three. So since the Cardinals are right in that same neighborhood, here was the answer from the NFL uh, networks main analyst. He said it would take the 13th overall pick obviously. It would also be the Raiders first round pick and third round pick next year and a first round pick the following year in 26. Wow. So, That's I'm asking you I'm asking you guys, would that be enough for the Cardinals at number 4 to go down to 13? Say yes. <laughs>
1: So rhetorical question. I mean, it certainly is going to give me long, long pause. But again, you got to play a couple things into this. Number one, um, what does that first round pick look like in a couple of years? Because if they hit on their franchise quarterback, the Raiders do, they're going to be a much better team, and you're going to have a Houston Texans-like situation potentially. Yep. And then the the other thing too is, is it going to be the same if if you're going up to three to get a quarterback. Well, if a, a quarterback – what, are you saying quarterback doesn't go three and a non-quarterback goes three? Nope. And that third quarterback is still there at four? Because if they, if there's a third quarterback taken, and I know how much you love J.J. McCarthy moving up in the draft, Paul. Well, you're I'm, still not, I'm not, not playing favorites.
0: Any... I'm saying he's the most likely at this point, but okay, you know, okay. I'm not discriminating against anyone. Just give me the That's fourth fair. quarterback.
1: I guess my point is, is by the time you get to the fourth quarterback, even if it's one, two, three, four – the, the price is not going to be as high if you're, if you're coming up for the fourth quarterback, even if it's the first four picks in the draft.
2: I, I would be okay, I think, moving down to 13 if that's everything the Cardinals got. I would definitely be more interested in moving around with a 27th overall pick and, and doing a deal with somebody to move up a couple of spots from 27 and maybe giving up a second-round pick this year or something along those lines since you would be falling back. From 4 to 13, I would like, ideally, to have sports shorter time in between 13 and 27 and and maybe think about moving that 27th overall pick and and trading up a little bit.
0: By the way, uh, Monty, as you guys uh, just uh, recounted, he's going to be active making calls. Uh, The GM of the Broncos, George Payton, was asked about Russell Wilson, and he said, I haven't received any calls on Russell Wilson. The, the drama factor in Denver, this is just me speculating, maybe recklessly, but Sean Payton telling the media at the Combine that, um, guess what, uh, we're going to have a decision on Russ within the next two weeks, meaning before free agency, right? And uh, they're meeting with J.J. McCarthy on the Tuesday night of the Combine, the Denver Broncos. I'm talking about the team who, by the way, is drafting 12th overall and I think is also a prime candidate to do a deal with Monty Austin Fort and the Cardinals. So I just, um, you know, and by the way, Sean Payton was asked what he's looking for in a quarterback, and his answer was, teams are going to make you win from the pocket. That was his answer, meaning i got to have a quarterback who can actually read and beat coverage. So, okay, um, you know, what exactly does that mean? What exactly are they going to get for Russell Wilson, if anything? The other thing that stood out to me in some of the coaches meeting the media, Atlanta head coach Raheem Morris, another prime trade candidate with the Cardinals at number eight, right? The Falcons. And he said he's looking for the QB who provides the best fit for the team, the coaches and the city. And then he was asked to follow up on the the (laughs) the city part of that. The, the meaning, the takeaway from that, and that's where it got the media buzzing, is that Justin Fields is from Atlanta. Ah. So just in, it's almost like he's speaking it into existence, Raheem Morris. Justin Fields gets traded from the Bears to the Falcons, and then the Bears go ahead and take Caleb
1: Williams, number one.
2: Interesting.
1: That would be so interesting because it also means the Bears have three of the top nine picks. Is that right? Well, they're, they're, they're
0: at number nine along with number and one. Overall. At number one yep. And then if they trade fields so, for
1: number eight. Yeah, yeah.
0: By the way, Raheem Morris uh, didn't mince words. So he was standing at the podium and he said, if we had a better quarterback, if we had better quarterback play last season, I wouldn't be standing here right now this season. That's <laughs> not a, wrong. That was a good line. <laughs> so, uh, and the GM, Ryan Poles, by the way, the Bears, saying, we're looking for a similar return on the trade we made last year with Carolina. Which, if you remember, last year they got number nine. They got a round two last year. They got a round one this year, which turned into number one, and then a round two this year. Plus DJ Moore. So that would be the trade price if indeed they moved out of number one. Someone else was able to take Caleb Williams, for example.
1: The the thing, well, another thing that the Bears were talking about today were was the fact that you know they want to do right by Justin Fields and it's pretty clear that doing right by him would be before free agency, before all teams that might need a quarterback might fill it in another way. So unlike whatever the Cardinals might do in terms of trading in the draft, which I believe you would have to be on the clock for something like that to happen, the Bears are going to make that determination, assuming they're trading Justin Fields, they're going to make that determination well ahead of the draft. And, and we'll have some clarity there. That's the one kind of trade that can happen before you're on the clock.
2: And, and especially if you're going to use that pick for a franchise quarterback. Number one, you mean? Right. Yeah. You, you want more time. It's, it, it wouldn't be a secret. So I, I would hope that they would
1: Were you not here honest. in 2019?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was not.
1: Okay, well, it played out a little differently for <laughs> fair. a certain team.
2: That's fair. That well, no, would be doing it right, though, by fields of giving him that opportunity. Y-
0: you did get the sense, though, that the Bears GM Ryan Poles and Sean Payton, to a large degree, they're saying without saying, you know, hey, make us your best offer right now, NFL.
1: Well, the the, the Broncos thing is a whole different deal because Russell Wilson is owed some kind of crazy guaranteed money, like on March seventeenth or something. So, like, they've got to make a decision, or they're going to be doling out millions of dollars for a guy that they don't want. So that makes more sense to me. Um, the Bears thing is a little bit different of a, of a situation, but you're also, if you're the Bears, you would figure that Justin Fields has got a much bigger market than, than Russell Wilson does at this point. By
0: the way, it's interesting, the GM Ryan Poles of the Bears was asked whether he sees similarities between Caleb Williams and Patrick Mahomes, and he cited former Cardinals tight end and current Bears personnel executive Jeff King. Jeff King. Jeff King has a saying, Ryan Poles quoted, that when it comes to quarterbacks, there are artists and there are surgeons. There are two times of quarterbacks. And so he cited the, the artistry of a Caleb Williams in some ways like a Patrick Mahomes. And that was sort of the correlation he made. He answered it without really answering the question, but he did go on to, to tout the benefits of having a rookie quarterback contract versus paying 50 million plus well, to yeah. Justin Fields.
1: Let me ask you this question, though, as you bring that up about Mahomes and Caleb. I'm like, I- I'm curious what you two think. I- I'm not. I I understand why people do it. I'm not a huge fan of like talking about a rookie uh, with Patrick Mahomes. That just seems He's
2: never had an NFL snap. Compared completely
1: to unfair. One of the best
2: to ever do it. 100 percent unfair. And I-,
1: I don't care if you're just saying. Well, I'm only saying. Our I'm qualities. comparing it to because of this one part of his game I still think it's unfair that's just
2: me 100% I I agree I don't think that's fair to put that expectation on somebody who hasn't even been drafted yet
1: although I guess you're probably not going to say this guy is reminds me so much of Blaine Gabbert it's unbelievable
0: it does have the uber potential to become uh, fodder for cold takes exposed in a couple of years there's no doubt about it there's there's definitely a risk to uh answering that question, or at least throwing out that that comparison. There's no doubt about it. By the way, the Vikings GM called Justin Jefferson, quote, the best receiver, the best non-quarterback in the NFL, period, and he wow. should be compensated as such. Well,
1: end quote. you just walked right into that. Well, pen so paper. Wh-
0: wh- where goes your leverage now if you're the Vikings GM? Or is that like a shout-out to Yikes. his owner? Uh, that didn't seem <laughs> – didn't seem like, like the uh, GM and the ownership group maybe is in uh, sync on that one.
2: Maybe trying to get the player to trust you that you're trying to work on something yeah. and maybe not.
0: That is,
1: uh, wow. Okay.
0: So how, how, how much buzz is there in Indy over the uh, salary cap and the increase of, what, nearly $30 million? You go from about 225 to 255 next year. How significant is that? How much talk is that getting?
1: Well, we're we're going to be honest right now. It's been a long kind of day in a vacuum for us, Paul. Uh, we're still trying to find all, all our uh, video cameras. Uh, shout out a certain delivery service. And, oh no! Um,
0: there, there was a uh, the, the ball. Security was not good with the cameras. We we had a fumble. What's going on?
1: Uh, it just. No, end. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. Someone we didn't else, do anything someone wrong. Someone
2: else's end that delivered all but one case. and that case, happened to be the most important. However. The group that we traveled with uh, handled the adversity well, adjusted, and figured out it. Shout out, out Kyle it, That's good. and Sam Huff and Kevin Wang, and found a, okay. a really nice plan B. So we're working with it. You guys called
0: an audible. There you are on
1: camera.
2: All
0: right.
1: Go ahead. Go ahead. We're still. You're yep. still watching us yep. on this on this telecast. Um, the buzz. I don't. I, I haven't gotten a lot of sense of the cap. To be honest. No cap. Um, no cap. That's right. Um, I think at this point, there's been a lot more discussion about what we've already talked about, which is what's going to happen with Russell Wilson, obviously, but, but mostly it feels like what's going to happen with the number one pick slash Justin Fields. It feels like that was the big storyline today. Now I know that was in big part because Ryan Poles, the Bears general manager talked and that tends to to drive things. Uh, and we'll start having players talk starting tomorrow, but, um, that, that feels like the the biggest story out here is, is like, how how is that going to impact stuff? And that goes back to what we were talking, too. It's like, I, I think at this point everybody kind of feels like Caleb Williams is going to be the number one overall pick, even if the Bears didn't take him. I think the Bears are going to take him, but even if he wasn't, he's the number one pick. But when we start talking about the Cardinals and – what could happen, well then Justin Fields going to a quarterback needy team instead of them wanting to trade up and get a rookie, that impacts the Cardinals because that's one less team that you might want to have. And you keep talking for instance, Paul, about potentially let's say the Raiders at 13. Well, I'd rather go back to 8 than 13, but if the Falcons have Justin Fields, it's a moot point.
0: I get it. No, absolutely. Yes, Justin Fields going to Atlanta takes out one big potential trade partner there's no doubt about it i guess what i'm driving at with the whole salary cap thing is based on overthecap.com, cardinals are at about 55 million uh in avail well ninth most in the nfl now in terms of real available cap money you can spend it's a little under 50 million in reality for the most part but like you see the nfl.com headline and i quote cardinals gm maniasa ford plans to spend in free agency but warns of dangers of overpaying they were doing that off his uh, radio interview recently with the Cardinals flagship radio station. So, okay. And I know he was asked about it, right, Danny? Today, Manny Asifor was asked about free agency. Are you guys getting a gut feel? Are they going to be in on the first wave? Is it going to be the second wave? I mean, to what degree are they going to be spenders come March 13th?
2: It felt like the Cardinals are going to be big spenders very intentionally and for specific either positions or players awesome Fort and gannon a little bit as well talked about the philosophy of having to address these needs in draft and free agency and the differences and and the challenge when it comes to free agency according to Monty awesome Fort, is not only the player evaluation also the valuation and he says that the market isn't going to really declare itself until free agency hits which is march 11th
1: march 11th is when they can start quote unquote tampering right the 13th is the first day and
2: and so at that point a couple of weeks get a better feel for what players are asking for and what is a fair price for teams to offer and, and negotiate in that sense. Awsonford did say though that if the right opportunity presents itself to expect the Cardinals to quote strike and quote be aggressive, which was interesting for him to say, however, I take that Darren as not just spending money to spend money and attack these spots hopefully for me on defense, but more so being very intentional about what you are doing in free agency. And what I thought was interesting that Gannon talked about was saying, ideally for the Cardinals this year, you build your team and you grow with the players from last year's draft, this year's draft, and next year's draft. And you use free agency to supplement those.
1: I I feel, and Paul, you've been around this long. I mean, it feels like we've heard, we hear every year how the the team is going to be aggressive in free agency. And I, I do think that's true. I mean, you can be aggressive in free agency, and like Danny said, it doesn't mean you're going to be spending on splashy contracts. And I I still do not anticipate, do not expect some big giant uh, signings of giant names or, or humongous deals. Um, I know that a couple of guys that people were trying to connect to the Cardinals, Uh, Have been tagged or are going to be tagged and that just basically takes them out of the equation. So um, we'll see what happens, but I don't I don't know if if there's going to be there could be but I don't know if there's going to be some kind of like poster child for like this in 2024. This guy was the Cardinals' gigantic signing.
2: I'm not sure that's so much as Austin Fort's philosophy. I think that could change in the future. I think just where the Cardinals yeah. are yeah. in the second year under his, I say, reign, but under his leadership and and with Gannon and where this team is, the Cardinals are not at a point to be as aggressive and competitive as other teams around the league that are really only missing maybe one or two splash signings. So you'd have to find the right veteran that fits the culture, fits the scheme, and also the player that is in the part of their career where coming to Arizona makes sense, knowing that it's still probably going to be another one to three years to really be set and have that true foundation. The Cardinals are still in that transition period, which affects the type of veteran players that are going to want to come here and how much money you're going to want to spend on a veteran player.
0: Yeah. It, when I see the NFL.com ranking this week at the top 101 free agents, 2024, and I'll just give you the top six real quick. Chris Jones, Kirk Cousins, Josh Allen, Christian Wilkins, Brian Burns, LeJarrius Sneed. Now I would say every one of those guys is going back to their own team. In fact, most of their GMs went on the record here at the combine and said, Hey, uh, if they don't sign, we're going to tag them with the exception of the chiefs. Can they really afford to bring back Chris Jones and Legarius Snead? And so I thought
1: i I don't mean to jump in here, but I did see a tweet which I thought was interesting. Although I don't think they can tag Jones, or they wouldn't at his number. uh, There is a lot of conversation about uh, tagging Snead, so then Jones would be the potentially the one. I don't know that—that—that's a fascinating one because it leads back into what you were just talking about,
0: Paul. Yeah, and there's a mutual interest, you know. I mean, he's on the record, Chris Jones. Uh, you know, whether he's under the influence or not at the uh, at the parade. But, you know, he very much wants to come back to Kansas City. Andy Reid and the GM, Brett Veach, they're both saying they want him back. So you figure there's a pathway to getting that dumb some, somehow some way. I, I'm just speculating that if, if you had a top-notch Pro Bowl defensive lineman or corner somehow hit the open market, considering – um The paucity, the dearth of talent in those two position rooms for the Arizona Cardinals, I could see big money being spent on those two position groups in particular because where you stand right now, uh, there is a lot to be determined on the depth chart at corner and at defensive line.
2: That makes a lot of sense also because the the really only other position that would kind of pop out would be an edge rusher, and that's such a premium position that that's going to cost so much money. And, again, you're having to find a veteran player where it makes sense financially for the Cardinals to pay that and also the player that's at a part in their career where coming to Arizona makes sense. I do think it would make more sense of those three to to look at the trenches and the line of scrimmage for a defensive lineman and a cornerback and i do think that makes a lot of sense you had actually asked that question i believe to gannon about having a a game wrecker on the line of scrimmage a defensive lineman and and attacking a position uh, that position with i think a veteran player was your question
1: well i I didn't necessarily say that what my question was is how easy is it to get that guy i mean you could
2: that's right, interpret develop or it, however, it right. You either
1: find it, whether it's a, a free – like, we talk about this all the time. We're like, oh, it'll be what you really need a game record. And like, okay, that's fine. But, like, how many of those guys really exist, truly exist? And, and I think Gannon hit it on the head. When we talk about that kind of guy, it's a guy who can do it against the run and the pass. I think there are guys that can wreck the run. I think there are guys that can pass rush really well interior, but they might not be as good at the flip side of it. And when you're talking about and, – and, again, Aaron Donald is unbelievable. He's the ultimate. Chris Jones is another guy. But, like, there's not that many guys around. And and when you start talking about premium positions and, and what could impact your team the most, you start wondering about that. Now, I don't think there's a guy this year in the draft, let's say, to go at four that fits that bill. There's not a Jalen Carter necessarily. But, you know – when we start talking about what really makes a difference on this team, you know, is it a Marvin Harrison type or would it be something else?
0: Exactly. And, and that's, you know,
1: look, no one has a
0: greater affinity for an edge rusher, you know, right here, right now than yours truly. Next Gen Stat just put out something this last week. 12 of the 14 playoff teams finished in the top half of the NFL and pressure rate. Cardinals are 29th. But if you were playing a game tomorrow, you could run out B.J. Joe and Zaven Collins as your two edge guys, a first rounder and a second rounder. Who exactly are you putting on the field at corner or defensive line? So my argument would be when you hit free agency, guess what? You might have to overspend to some degree, especially when you have around $50 million in available cap space. There are wants and there are needs, and when I look at corner and D-line right now, I think it's more of a need than it is a want, and I'm wondering how much that moves the meter or creates urgency for Manny Austin Ford.
2: The other thing to consider, Paul, we are not aware of the rehab progress that defensive lineman Carlos Watkins, L.J. Collier have made since missing most of the season with biceps injuries. We don't know the plan to bring back a lucky photo and maybe the Cardinals feel that with a healthy Watkins and Collier and, and having photo that they can get enough of what they want. And then they can focus on free agency and spending the big bucks on cornerback. That's a possibility of just, we're not in the know in terms of that, that progress there. But I, I do agree with you. You, you you actually bring up some good points, Paul. We might not agree with maybe trading down all the way well, to 13 you know, here, or four, but me, I do agree with you there on where to spend the big bucks in free agency. The
1: other the other thing, too, is, and, and this is where it gets tough, it's like you say you might have to overpay, but the question is how much do you overpay? Like I get overpaying to a certain extent, but there are levels of overpayment as well, and then you got to make that decision. Okay, mm-hmm. I think I think this player is a $2 million a year player. Um, is he willing to take – Three million or four million, or is he looking for eight million? And you
2: know you're going to have to continue to pay players for the yeah. next couple of years yeah. to finish this transition period. Yeah.
0: Look, Manny Austin, for the GM and the owner Michael Bidwill on the Cardinals' flagship radio station, both used the words "very active" in free agency. The question is, what does that mean? Yeah, you know, is that is that a top line? Is that a second tier? Is it a third tier? And I get it; it's fraught with danger. The whole Jordan Phillips thing—it still stings. So you got to make sure. You know, But if, for example, there's the equivalent of a Kaiser White out there, which the Cardinals obviously felt very comfortable in signing Kaiser White to the most money of any free agent they paid last season. Why? Because Jonathan Gannon and Nick Rollis knew him. Knew him inside and out. They knew what they were getting, what they could count on. They knew what the impact he would have on the defense. So... If perhaps there's a corner or a D lineman or an edge rusher out there that someone on the coaching staff or the front office has an intimate knowledge of and feels really confident and comfortable in investing big money into, you know, I think that's one of the key unknowns right now for the Cardinals as we go into this off season.
1: I think that's fair. And, and again, we don't know all the information that they're always going to have. Right. So like, you, you mentioned Kaiser White. We In fact, earlier in the thing, when I was talking about how they're still going to do the evaluations on the quarterbacks, one of the reasons teams do all the work on all these players isn't just to prepare for the draft. It's also for down the road, if they become a free agent in three, four years, you've already done a bunch of work on them in terms of the kind of people they are and all that stuff. So there's less work to do when you're trying to figure out if you want to sign them as a free agent. And... Those are the things we're not going to know. We're not going to have access to how they feel about certain the guys. And and that's why when you look at the free agent market, that's why it gets dangerous is because – everybody's just working on this. like You just mentioned it, like the NFL.com top 101 list. I'm not saying that's what teams do, right. but all the fans are out looking at those names in that order and how that might work, and it might, not be, it might not look anything. There might be half those guys aren't on the Cardinals board for one reason or another that we just don't know about.
0: And then there's always, look, there's the danger in free agency of overpaying, obviously, and then there's a danger in the draft of overthinking it. You see where David Carr and NFL Network came out to bring it back to quarterbacks because it always comes back to quarterbacks, especially this time of year. Come on now, JJ McCarthy, Paul? No. <laughs>
2: hashtag let there be a fourth QB. Yeah, no, no, no I don't let, think that's let what the there was. be
0: a fourth QB. That's Indeed, that was. is the okay. Don't so there you go. Don't me. The uh, <laughs> David Carr, former number one pick overall, NFL Network analyst, uh, went on the air, went to this big explanation of how the Bears system. The offensive system by new O.C. Shane Waldron, formerly of Seattle, is a, quote, bad fit for Caleb Williams and that Jaden Daniels is a perfect fit for the Bears offense. So that raised an eyebrow. And then he went on to say that Cliff Kingsbury sitting there at number two, quote, that's a great spot for Caleb. That would be ideal. End quote. To your you guys put your finger to the wind there in Indianapolis and take the temperature. I mean, is there any chatter? That if the Bears or well, is there any real distinct possibility that Kale Williams is not going number one overall?
1: I mean, I think back, uh, what what year was 2018? I mean, nobody until we got right on top of the draft did anybody think Baker Mayfield was going number one that year? I don't think so. Good point, yeah. Um, so I wouldn't be completely stunned if it happened. I mean, I'm sure the Bears are sitting back going, oh, we would love for the commanders to, A, want Caleb Williams, and then, B, give us something to flip-flop picks with them. But if Washington starts getting convinced that they might not take Caleb, they maybe not. I don't, I don't know. It's a fascinating question, but I will say this, Paul. Thank freaking God we're not in the middle of it. That's right.
0: Uh, I, I'd rather not deal with that. Yeah, that's true. Stuff. No, that is true. All right, so what else between Jonathan Gannon and Monty Austin Ford meeting the media? Any other questions? Any other answers stand out? Um, you know, what to, was there anything the national media was hammering? Uh, any sort of narratives? Uh, I mean, w- w- what other takeaways did you guys have?
2: Nothing crazy from no. national media. No, not a surprise, but I had asked Monty Austin Ford about picking up Zayvon Collins' fifth-year option. The Cardinals do have couple of months in May before they have to make that final decision and I had asked is one year of a position change being pushed outside enough to make an evaluation so you have a clear understanding although the Cardinals don't really have a choice that that's the hand that they have been dealt and he had nothing but good good things to say about Collins and the strides that he made throughout the year and the reps that he got staying healthy Austin Fort was saying that he has expectations for Collins to make a big jump, and they haven't made that decision about whether or not to pick up the fifth-year option. And it's not just considering compiling a roster for 2024. That also plays a heavy hand in in 2025. So not really a surprise there, but something to hear from him. I also really liked the accountability when it comes to the culture. That's been a buzzword. We've talked about that the last year since Austin Fort and Gannon were hired both of them talked about though that this part this this week is such a big process of finding the right fit for the type of person off the field and player on the field and having what Gannon likes to say is winning behavior, those daily habits consistently putting the team ahead of the individual because when you start winning as a team, those personal accolades follow. And I like that Austin Fort took responsibility and accountability, saying he owes it to the players in the locker room to find the right type of fit of players to bring in, whether through draft or free agency. It's always nice to hear when one of those two, and, and normally both, uh, speak about that with accountability. I've
1: talked to Monty previously, and you know he'll acknowledge you want you got to have you want the right people in the locker room. You 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 can't just have the right people though; they got to be able to play football, right. and so that's part of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think there was there was a lot said today that, quite frankly, we've heard before. There was not a whole lot new. Um, I asked about uh, Monty support about DJ Humphreys a little bit, and. He just said it was a, a sad injury, and that he's that Humphreys is in the facility every day rehabbing already. wasn't a lot of clarification there, and I think we all know that there's an there's a chance that he might be released. We will see what happens, uh, and even if even if they keep him on the rehab schedule, at some point they're going to have to figure out uh, what their left tackle situation is going to be. So there's there's so many things that still need to be determined, and I don't think we're going to get. A lot of clear answers when we do have the chances to meet with these two gentlemen because that's just that's just not their way and that's fine Mm -hmm. um but it's going to make for an interesting couple of months here
2: i also know you'll find this to be a surprise paul no clear uh confirmation or denying of the chance of right tackle paris johnson jr moving over to the left side in humphrey's absence says he's going to miss a good chunk of next season rehabbing that acl I'd asked Austin Fort because Johnson told us after the season ended he's going to be spending this offseason training on both sides in case that's what's asked of him. So he's ready to step up. And he does have experience on the left side from college. Austin Fort said that he loves versatility in any position, but especially on the offensive line. He says that the more versatile you are, the more valuable you are. So while he appreciates the versatility, he wasn't going to confirm whether or not that move was actually going to happen, uh, but he does appreciate the versatility of Johnson working on both sides this offseason. Duffer an option for the Cardinals when addressing needing a starting left tackle. Yeah,
0: because if you do take Joe Alt out of Notre Dame, right? Long-time starting left tackle. Boom, maybe that's just plug and play. So, it depends on if or whom you might end up with in the draft. I get it. I get it. You know, why answer a question that, you know, you don't have to and or you don't really have a solution for as of yet. What we do know is Based on the numbers that are out there and easily accessible, the fifth-year option on Zayvon Collins will be $13.25 million, Correct, and Something like that, something yes. Something like that, and then for DJ Humphries, he's due some 15000000 million-plus next year. So those are obviously big-money decisions that are going to factor in, and the business of football this time of year, we get it. Um, by the way, Danny, uh, Missouri news, uh, when you're out there, uh, are you going to keep an eye not only on the D lineman, Darius Robinson, who's been mocked to the Cardinals at 27 in, uh, too many mock drafts to even count who, by the way, Darius Robinson, the D lineman was named the overall practice player of the week at the senior bowl. So the one time where it's good to be good at practice, right? But the other guy is the corner. Ennis Rigstraw out of Mizzou. Because if you go to the cornerback power poll right now, going into this combine, Terry and Arnold out of Bama's number one, Quinian Mitchell out of Toledo's number two by most accounts. Nate Wiggins out of Clemson is either three or four. And then the other guy is Ennis Rakestraw out of Missouri. So Danny, in three, two, one, give us a detailed scatter report on your guy from your alma mater.
2: I don't know that I could go super detailed. I don't want to do him or any of our listeners uh, injustice there, but I would absolutely welcome. Another Missouri Tiger. It's been a minute since we've had one. Speaking
1: of Missouri, well, Tris, we, saw, we saw um, Marcus Golden in the airport. We did, when we on were our way out here,
2: here. Nice. Going on a little vacation to see some family. It's so great to see him. The Still junkyard, that big, bright smile.
0: The junkyard dog himself. You know, yes. just, just hope you don't have to sit next to those wide shoulders on a long flight. Well,
1: it, it goes back to the whole thing where all the stars are out, Paul. You brought that up That's at the right. top of the show. Full circle. We want yep. to make sure we brought that yeah.
0: back. No, don't deny you guys are out there people watching. Come on. We know that. We we know that uh, vividly. So what else uh, is on tap? Now, what happens when they actually do the drills and the, I mean, the combine events now are – are you allowed to watch? Do you have any interest in watching? How does tell everyone what the rest of your week is going to be comprised of?
1: Well, to be honest, we I do believe we have the option to go watch workouts, but that won't happen. There's too many other things going on. Um, Danny's actually the workhorse tomorrow. Uh, as we record this now, she's got two sit-down <laughs> interviews. She's got a sit-down interview with JG. She's got a sit-down interview with Monty Asenfort. And then uh, Craig Greely is working her like a dog on Cover he 2 sure stuff. He sure is. So. We've got,
2: a, a, not, no exaggeration, probably six or seven <laughs> interviews with draft analysts on Wednesday. And then we are recording multiple Cover 2 podcast episodes. So I will be talking for roughly nine hours <laughs> and tomorrow. The, and the, the,
1: big, the, big, the big excitement was that, uh, J.G. decided that he wanted to knock out his one-on-one interview early, so it got moved to 7.30 a.m., which, by the way, 530. that's 5.30 <laughs> Arizona time, and we, have, we would not have already figured yeah. out, like, Ooh. the time change. So. Good
2: luck to Craig Greelu dealing with me on a long day, I'll just say that. Yeah.
1: Be careful
0: what you ask for. Access to JG, yeah. Those those NFL head coaches, they'll get you up before the crack of dawn. Yeah, that's yeah. that's how that works. That's uh, okay. Yeah. We're
2: we're here to work. You say yeah. that's right. okay, cause you're. <laughs> I'll be there. I'll be there.
0: Now you did sit down with Daniel Jeremiah earlier yes, today. Yes, he was okay. great. Now that really first off, things to say. is there anybody in more demand than Daniel Jeremiah at the <laughs> NFL Combine? So that's a I, good, that's I a good guess. I don't think
2: so. I don't <laughs> think so. He had he had someone with NFL Network who was taking him from one table to the other all along radio, keeping him on schedule. Fantastic things to say. I believe the video aspect of that uh, ten minutes that Craig and I spoke with Daniel Jeremiah from NFL Network is going to be. Posted on the Cardinals official YouTube channel, and then we're going to also use that sound in a full Cover 2 episode, so keep an eye on there. He had... Really great things to say about what he saw from the Cardinals overall from last season, Kyler Murray's play, and and the confidence as franchise quarterback for Arizona. We talked about the needs and how it fits with the draft class, and we did talk about wide receivers, not necessarily specifics, more so what he looks at as a former scout and as somebody who watches a ton of film of not only things he looks for in wide receivers, which would tell him that, they can carry over the success from college to the pros also what he doesn't want to see the red flags he's looking for really interesting conversation with daniel jeremiah that i would recommend tuning into
0: by the way here's a question i meant to ask earlier hollywood brown did that come up with either Monty osiford or jonathan gannon what is the vibe on hollywood brown in his potential future with the cardinals
1: uh monty was not asked a little surprisingly uh jg was asked and he basically punted and saying that's a money decision and again and again it comes back to to money and i this is just my opinion i am guessing that we will have a much better idea of what could happen with hollywood brown after this week i mean technically nobody's supposed to be talking to anybody but amazingly after the combine there's usually a lot of free agents to be who get a better sense of what their market might be and then you start having a little bit more movement in terms of how their own teams might deal with them because they'll, you know, you go back to their teams and say, we really need X amount of dollars because we're pretty sure we could find this on the open market. So we'll, we'll find out what happens. And again, that's another thing where it's like, if he were to stick around, that might be another indicator of what might happen with some of those early picks.
2: I, I'm not even sure that would really be an indicator to me. I think even if... Hollywood Brown doesn't get, you know, a three, four year deal with another team. If he wants to stay in Arizona, let's say Arizona gives him a one year prove it deal to see if he can stay healthy. And that's something he wants to do and stay here. I would still be in favor of drafting a wide receiver early on, maybe with that fourth overall pick still, because. Hollywood Brown has not been healthy. We saw good things out of Michael Wilson, not enough to label him as a number one wide receiver. I would like to see a true playmaker come in, which is what a lot of these top receivers are being evaluated as. You can still utilize Hollywood Brown, even if you draft a wide receiver early on and give Kyler Murray lots of options and and make it difficult for defenses. To me, if you sign Hollywood Brown for, let's say, a one-year deal, that would not make me feel any differently about drafting wide receiver early on.
0: All right. What else? uh, Craig Greelew said earlier on the Red Sea Report on the radio side, it's like 70 degrees in Indianapolis. Really? It's
2: pretty nice weather out here. Oh,
1: it was nuts. We got here last night, and we got outside the airport, and I'm like, wow. Like, this is climate change scary quite frankly but uh yeah it's it's okay. now it's supposed to drop pretty considerably tomorrow so we're gonna I get think. some rain out we're here we're supposed to well. get some rain and and that the, the temperature is going to drop and i think on thursday it was supposed to drop to like 44 with a low of 22 so now, darren, danny darren, won't have to deal with that but i will
0: so darren you've been going to these for what about two decades right Yes, this is number 22 for me, Paul. How much crazier is it just in terms of the volume of people, just, uh, you know, the insanity downtown, trying to find a table at any restaurant downtown in the vicinity? What's it like the before and after then and now? Uh, uh,
1: To be honest, the insanity, uh, it's kind of holding steady over the last 10 years maybe i don't think it's any crazier i actually think it used to there we we kind of hit a peak and dial back a little bit i mean you can even tell and talking to craig realu about this earlier like you can tell there's a there's a lot of coaches that don't come now um not not every not every team i shouldn't say not every team it doesn't i'm not sure if every if every team is represented in the uh Coach-GM conversations, but certainly not every team does both like the Cardinals do, which is nice. But um, that's different. It used to be almost automatic unless you're Bill Belichick. So I I do think it's kind of morphed a little bit. Now, it's only Tuesday. The players really haven't hit it. And, And the way they do things now, the quarterbacks, the wide receivers, that's all later in the week. They've built this around the weekend. So maybe that'll be something later in the week where you feel it a little bit, but um, it hasn't been. Uh, it hasn't been completely crazy, but at this point, maybe I'm just completely used to everything, which is. Yeah. It's you. You. You are doing a lot of the same stuff year after year.
0: Well, the growth is remarkable. I saw what 20 years ago there was one hour of TV coverage. NFL Network this year has 50 plus hours. So, but what I find interesting is some of the players, and look, they're the elites, the Marvin Harrison Juniors, who are shunning the combine. And you have to wonder, to me at least, I wonder the NIL money that's available now in college, right? How many of these guys are going to be doing anything for free? And if they're of the opinion, well, wait a minute, I'm providing content and TV programming for the NFL uh, of my own volition. Um, you know. So I do wonder if that's a threat into the future, into the viability
2: Maybe, I, maybe a little, but even before NAL, there were big-name players who yeah. wouldn't participate. They just want to wait for Pro Day when it's more of a controlled environment to really show their best work.
1: I, I do. Uh, personally, I, I think it's it's kind of like with some other things out there. It's like when everybody always – they they talk about, well, the, the players should, you know, hold out to get rid of the franchise tag, for instance. The thing is, it only impacts a handful of guys. I think there's the reverse is true here. I, I think there's only a handful of guys that could really get away with, well, we're not doing anything. I think most guys want to come in here and prove themselves because they're trying to up their stock. And in the end, it's not ever going to be a ton of guys because there's, there's not a ton of guys that have that kind of leverage, for lack of a better term.
0: All, right. All we need is one quarterback, once again, one quarterback, in summary, to throw on air. And put some air in his stock. Whether it's Bo Nix or Michael Penix or JJ McCarthy, doesn't matter. And just just get one of those guys. So we'll see what happens by the end of the week. By the way, it's D linemen and linebackers on Thursday. It's DBs and tight ends on Friday. QBs, wide receivers, running backs on Saturday. Then O line on Sunday. That is the schedule. So, all right, does that do it from Indianapolis for this edition of Cardinals Underground?
1: Uh, I do believe it. That, that does it. Okay. I, I, I think we're ready to go take a nap.
0: Uh, Well, that, first got to go find Craig Grealow. Once again, loose cannon out there on the road, so uh, go hunt down Craig Grealow and then keep us posted accordingly. For Danny Surak and Darren Irvin on assignment in Indianapolis, I'm Paul Calvici. This has been Cardinals Underground brought to you by Pacific Office Automation.